Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 2022's final edition of Nick's Nonfiction. I'm your host, comic Nick Munez. Today on the show, we have got Peter Z. Hands. The end of the world is just the beginning. We've got everything in this 600-page juggernaut, metamaterials manufacturing. This first quote is so information-packed, it's going to give you a feel of the juggernaut. Globe-spanning supply chains are only possible with the protection of the U.S. Navy. The American dollar underpins internationalized energy and financial markets. Complex, innovative industries were created to satisfy American consumers. He's going on some of this, oh, we're too spoiled. Don't worry, I'm bringing the freedom today. To sum that up in a shorter quote, that guy's rambling. All of this is artificial. All of this is temporary. All of this is ending. Look around you. I'm not trying to fucking be the doomsayer today. Let's live in reality. World War III, these motherfuckers want it. Jesus, bro. The list of countries that make it all work is smaller than you think. USA. Zehan, a Navy boy. This was recommended by Clay. Shout out over on the Patreon. Just a forewarning. I'm not going easy. <laughs> I'm a just book reviewer. But seriously, thank you everybody. Subscribe and suggest a book if you want it done. Quote, For generations, everything has been getting faster, better, cheaper. Finally, we've reached the point that almost anything you could ever want could be sent to your home within days, hours. America made that happen, but now America has lost interest in keeping going. Hmm, Peter. We might get along. <laughs> He's going, what are we doing? Seriously, like within the last 60 years, we threw everything away to a global Ponzi scheme. And I'm talking about the petrodollar for the fact checkers out there. America isn't America right now. I can feel the return. Can governments be co-opted? That's going to be my take. Peter's theme for the day? Things are moving too fast. Myself included. Think about it. Within 30 years, we've had 15 iPhones. <laughs> so maybe not that fast. This quote makes him sound like a Native American. Historically speaking, we live in an embarrassment of riches and peace. All of these evolutions are more tightly interwoven, inseparable. But there is a simple fact that is often overlooked. They are artificial. We have been living in a perfect moment, and that moment is passing. Sorry, Zoomers. Party's over. His point is that we're spoiled. And he's not wrong. Like, I go on 4chan all the time, me and my fellow autists. These people truly think that we're in a Bronze Age. Um... Like, it, it's too good. Nobody's actually doing work. <laughs> this can't last. Oh, man. Like, we'll get technical today about those supply chains. But I think I said I was going to talk comedy here. It's the end of the year. We're going off the rails. This was written in 2022. Zehan says, instead of cheaper and faster, 2020 was the turn to more expensive and slower. Like, that was when Audi said, if you want to heat your seat up, you need a subscription. And I don't know, fucking the L.A. comedy scene imploded this year. Things are getting faster. We got fucking Brendan Schwab and Shane Gillis, a couple CTE comedians at the top. Faster? Come on! Yeah, I'm just gonna be annoying. <laughs> but seriously, there's fucking 50 Shane Gillis impersonators mobbing East Coast comedy right now. Is it, Are things getting better? We're going off the rails. I don't care. I'll throw shade at whoever I want. 
You, you guys don't see the truth yet. I told you long ago on the road, I got what you're waiting for. Seriously, thank you to the patrons once again. Clay, shout out. Power is derived from the consent of the patrons. Let's get patriotic. Subscribe, like, stay tuned. I love you all. I'll be right back. About the author, Peter Zehan. Harry Schwann on Instagram, patreon.com slash the niche. Quote, my real job is a sort of hybrid public speaker consultant. The fancy marketing term is a geopolitical strategist. Wikipedia says he is a former analyst of the Austin-based geopolitical intelligence firm Stratfor. Stratford Oakmont? Bro, why am I saying this shit? He's a spook. <laughs> I'm a fancy hybrid speaker consultant geopolitical strategist. You're paid by the CIA. I know that's not real, but how the fuck does this guy have an intelligence thing in Austin? <laughs> Oracle is right on the Travis River. I live there. I know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to explain myself. <laughs> this is, seriously could be like it read like the 100 year marathon, the book I read, which was by a former intelligence guy. He's just like stirring the pot of fear. And of course, he says a lot of good shit throughout. But that's one of the big takeaways I got here. Just trying to give you a, a warning up front. Like at zero point in the 600 pages, did he stop and say, hey, this could all be avoided if we start a garden. Like the whole time. Supply chain, supply chain, supply chain. 600 pages, not once. Let's just garden. Well-sourced material from all of his other CIA spook buddies. But his ideas are kind of in a box. <laughs> his other bestsellers include Absent Power in 2016, Disunited Nations 2020. We gotta unite all the nations under McWorld. <laughs> Ending it. This book was written in 2022. Perfect way to end the year. I'm so happy to be here with you guys, truly. Happy holidays. We'll be right back with the show. Peter Zehan's The End of the World is Just the Beginning. Chapter 1. How the Benigging Began. In the beginning, we were wanderers. We didn't wander because we were trying to find ourselves. We wandered because we were horngry. This was a bit of his. It was pretty funny. Hungry and horny. That's all humans are. Typically, we would not stay in the same place for more than a few weeks because we'd forage and hunt the yard to nothing in no time. I like to travel. I'm special. You realize that you're a monkey living in a zoo. He's making the first jump of industrial revolutions from foraging to farming. And this kind of pissed me off because he skipped over language. I read too much, I know. Language is everything, bro. That's how we got smart. Fuck farming. Farming isn't hard. You eat a strawberry, and then you poop in a hole, and a bush grows. Farming. Like, that's when diabetes, cavities, it all started with the unvaried diet. I'm gonna sit on my ass and eat corn. What a breakthrough. <laughs> We're eating our own poop. Like, that's what farming is. <laughs> the first technological advancement came out of laziness. So, like... I'm trying to set up some praxeology here. I'm becoming Thomas Hobbes. That guy in the first sentence of his book, humans are angry all the time. The truth is, we're just lazy, and everything we do comes out of laziness. This is how he's going. The beginning began. We chose a laziness. And, like, I want to jump forward into the technological age already. Are we choosing laziness? Pacing. The Peter timeline, he's going through the water revolution. Dysentery starts. Bam! Now we have pottery. Bam! 
This is a quote. Now we have basic engineering and writing. Bam! Now we need a way to distribute our stored food. Bam! Roads! It's a fun read, but, uh... Is this a priorly correct? <laughs> I'm trying to sound smart. Like, are we taking this serious as we do fucking philosophical books? Bam! We're in the next age of humanity! <laughs> it's kind of funny. He does a couple more BAMs, education, urbanization. Let's just fucking imagine sitting around a fire. BAM! We got society. Boom! Philosopher Kings. Wait, what? Bada bing! Humans are inherently evil! What the fuck are these guys saying? <laughs> That's... I don't know. I want to make that a point in the first chapter. You shouldn't believe everything you read. Like I'm saying, this guy's opinion is probably more informed than me. But I also think he might have an agenda. Quote, BAM! Jump to sedentary agriculture. The geography of what generated success shifted from varied elevation to low-lying desert river valleys. So it's like turning into jump guns, germs, and steel here. Geopolitics started forming. This is just glowy knowledge. This is what they teach the feds. Okay, man? <laughs> I'm too smart. I don't know what to tell you at this point. I'm not just falling for everything I read. Whatever. Tribes have been holding the high ground since there were T-Rexes running around. He's not saying anything new. Um, but yeah, we had to leave our farms and go to the highland. Great flood. Talk about it, pussy. You won't. Quote, this was a time where everyone was engaged in value-added labor. Like, I had to... Im I'm just going to start citing my own material. Episode 3, Nick's Nonfiction Bullshit Jobs. Everybody engaged in value-adding labor. What do I even do? <laughs> like, a, a robot could do my job. Despite the ever-building technological reach and depth of the deepwater era, humanity retained many of the limitations that had hobbled advancement since the beginning. As recently as 1700, all energy used by humans fell into one of three buckets. Muscle, water, or wind. Again, you're lying, bro. Nikola Tesla! Fucking Saint Germain. These dudes knew technology better than muscle and water. <laughs> this is why I lost half my audience, bro. You're just supposed to be a suit and fucking... He's the expert! Whatever, bro. <laughs> this is not just muscle, water, and wind. We invented gears in negative 300. <laughs> Quote... The harnessing of fossil fuels upended it all. The ability to burn first coal, to generate steam, enabled humans to generate energy when and where in quantities desired. Again, I'm just saying, how do you write a book about the history of the world without mentioning Nikola Tesla once? <laughs> this guy is deep state. And again, he's not a bad author. This is better than most of the shit on the shelves at Barnes & Noble. Clay, seriously, good recommendation. This tone of my voice... Is that the elites? <laughs> I love you guys. I don't know if I love every book anymore. Quote, The biggest restriction of this new industrial era was no longer muscle, water, or wind, or even energy, but instead capital. He's getting a little bit more honest here. Now that we have gas, we don't need the people. It's all about how much you own. Capital. And the part you're not supposed to say is that you own other people. That's what employment is. He's doing you a favor, giving you a job. Yeah, sure, dude. <laughs> I'll fucking live in the forest and then get shot in the head by a park ranger. I'm over it. <laughs> this is my bigger point here. The cost benefit is greater 
to trick people into liking things than to extract their labor. This is what we're realizing in the 21st century. This is America is ahead of everybody else. Value. That's what capitalism is. What do people like? We don't need the work anymore. Seriously? And the people that will do the work will get above the UBI. I know I'm making flippant statements. Seriously, in the grand scheme, it's much greater to sell illusions to people than to get in their head and try to make them actually work for you. It's stuff is changing qu quick. Seriously, I don't... What By 2040, when we are in the pods, everyone will have the UBI. I'll be fucking snorting cricket powder. I think the apocalypse kind of already happened. Like, we went from a nation of workers to zombie consumers. Like, the end has no end. The food shelves are empty, and I stocked the shelves for a year. There needed to be, like, ten more of us. Everywhere I've worked has been a skeleton crew for the past half a decade. It's cheaper to just let people sit at home and give them fake money to buy your slop. <laughs> Seriously, bro, we're on the next fucking level. <laughs> yeah, bro, we're like mid-chapter here. It's all consumer capitalism. That's what I'm saying. The Zoomers are kind of keen to it, bro. It doesn't matter how hard you work. <laughs> it's all about what fucking environment you're in. So this guy, I think, has a pretty basic bitch view of history. But his view of economies are above average. So let's go to his expertise. He called America an accidental superpower. And I'm just going to strongly disagree with this. We have the spirit of freedom. He's calling us an accidental superpower for a whole chapter. You're wrong, bro. And this is if you believe the 1700 story like he did. I learned in that McCullough book, George Washington gave the people sugar, boats, rifles, wine. <laughs> oh, but it was an accident. We got lucky. We were fucking determined, baby. Freedom! Alright, here's some behind the scenes. How we got the power after World War II. How, I guess we did kind of steal the power from the Russians. Quote, Americans would use their navy. The only navy of size to survive the war, to patrol the global ocean and protect the commerce of all. I included this quote because he explained this well. America controls the shipping lines. I've seen some crazy maps where people, if you go like 10 miles north of south of the main shipping highways, it's desolate. So I don't know how we corralled these people. Like I need to call Clay right now. I'm thinking to be like, what's it like on the ship out there? He said he does multimedia, so I don't know if he's sailing. The point is, America's Navy pushed everybody into these tiny broadbands on the ocean. The open ocean! <laughs> like, that's some modern pirate shit. That's gangster as hell. I think we're like Britain when they had their imperial era. And then you see, moving forward in the book, he starts talking about China's One Belt Road initiative. You see where the empire is going. Quote, the catch-all phrase for the pact is Bretton Woods, named after the New Hampshire ski resort where the Americans first made the pitch shortly after the Normandy invasion. It is perhaps most commonly known as the free trade era of the post-World War II period. Another one of these treaties we levied on the world and it's benefited. I'm not complaining. It's a scumbag move. You gotta tip your hat. <laughs> to bring it up to date, like, I don't know, we don't patrol the border anymore. 
because 20,000 Mexicans a day come through. Bro, nobody is a real citizen. Like, do you know how many Mexican IDs I check every single day? That's who we're getting to do with the jobs. <laughs> While people who have documentation can collect the dole. We're becoming Europe. Quote, American transformation of the global security and economy architecture are more accurately the Americans' creation of the world. First truly global security, economic architecture. That's a good way to put it. We've enabled the industrial and urbanization experience that defined Europe for the previous quarter millennia to go global. Danny Phantom, I'm going global! <laughs> Chapter 2, World's End. Quote, a globalized world has one economic geography, the geography of the whole. What that quote is saying, whether you like it or not, you, me, and some guy in India, we're all in the same boat. And so this is giving me Klaus Schwab vibes. I'll, I'll ease the gas on that one. Quote, with the world's consumption-led economies taking responsibility for more and more of their own production and becoming more and more insular, I thought we were outsourcing. There simply won't be many economic opportunities for working-age adults living in export-led systems, much as post-growth systems. There's no real jobs. Like, there's two factories in Boulder you could work at. Amazon or an edible factory. I don't know, man. We just read that Anasazi book. When the population declines, you're past your fucking prime. In America, we're plummeting. The birth rate ended with the boomers. They'll fucking take this, intelligence scum out there. I don't really believe in population shrinking. Because, again, these Mexicans, nobody fucking knows. My family has never taken a census, and we're a suburban white people. You know what I'm saying? They don't have a fucking clue. Maybe with all the iPhones, just hitting the fucking ping pong paddle back and forth. Our population is declining. Doesn't have to. Quote, at the time of this writing in early 2022... Every country in the world has experienced financial crisis and market meltdowns multiple times since the Cold War era. If you think this is symptomatic of deep structural issues, you're right. If you think it's all wildly unsustainable, write again. He does the entire history of money long before the world of American greenbacks or British pound or even Egyptian gold. There was no real medium of exchange. You traded what you had for what you wanted. What I was getting out of this... Money means there's a money printer. The guy who sets the value of the money. So before that, we knew what things were worth. Salt is a dollar on the shelf right now. But after the collapse, salt is going to be priceless. I don't know if that's going to happen, but buy some salt. I'm not trying to scare you. Like, this is artificiality. Things are not what they're actually worth. We're living in some fucking cloud right now. <laughs> Flour, ammunition, salt. Prices are kept artificially low to stimulate what the center wants. Like, there are strings that can be pulled. 2000 BC, the shekel. He's going, this was the first money. The first Chuck E. Cheese token, there it was. It really is like a fucking arcade out here, bro. You can only buy the cheap prizes with their fiat. <laughs> and you can't buy drugs at the Chuck E. Cheese counter. You need to go to the black market. Quote, First, when a civilization fails, it's rare to follow the example of the Indus, Indus and have every person product 
an idea utterly vanish from earth. He's going after it falls. You can't change the culture. We're already on the runaway train. Citizen becomes survivors. Survivors become disporas. Disporas intermingle and form new communities. It isn't just people who mix, but also ideas and products and techniques. No, I thought sharing ideas is cultural appropriation. <laughs> you read more of these books, the Anasazi, the people that survived went and lived with the hunter-gatherers. You can't stay in the empire. I'm going to go live with the rainbow family. <laughs> For real, World War Three kicks off, what are you doing? You have to get out of the city. You're going to go live with the foragers, that's what he's saying. Become a diaspora. But the point of this... You know, people just love getting lied to. Like, <laughs> I don't know, that's the real takeaway of history. I've got a 401k. It's all in the bank. Not when the lights go out. Like, that thing that just happened with NXT or whatever the fuck. Let me get a Camel Crush NXT. <laughs> this fucking Ponzi scheme that just blew up. You can't take your money out. It would be called a bank run. We live in a Ponzi scheme. That was a three axiom proof I just hit, bro. What the fuck? <laughs> if you can't take your money out, then you live in a Ponzi scheme and America calls that a bank run. I don't know. We love our eye prisons. <laughs> Quote, First, a regional superpower establishes a regional tax to impose its preferred definition of security upon its desired geography. Japan will do this in northern Asia with the probability of a hidden goal of keeping China broke. Damn. And, like, I'll drop some language on you here because he's going hard with some of the intel facts. A state is an object given attributes. So we tell Japan, jack up imports on China. So they are a state expressing our attributes. See what I'm saying here? Japan is a state. <laughs> if you remember Trump and the prime minister of Japan, they were tight as fuck. Think about that states are just when something else can attribute you a value. So, like, don't let other people put you in head states is what I'm getting at. Radical sovereignty. That's the idea of Nick's nonfiction. Your mind is the first thing you need to claim domain over. This quote is straight up out of Jihad versus McWorld. The United States is attempting to update the Monroe Doctrine and turn the Western Hemisphere into an invite-only American party. Fuck yeah. Like, I love an American pub, but we need some cantinas in this bitch. I don't want every bar on Earth to have a mechanical bull. <laughs> if every woman on Earth was the average weight of an American, I would move to Mars. Get that marshussy. <laughs> what are we doing? I don't want to turn the entire world into America. Quote, the United Kingdom is likely to partner with the Scandinavians to craft a regional border. Germany will do the same with Central European states. The Southeast Asians will prove economic strength and military forces with Australians and New Zealanders. Bro, that was everything you need to hear. The Iron Curtain is going back up. We're going to surround China... And this is where I disagree with Zihan. He's saying that Russia is our enemy. And this is going to take some proving from my side. It's in the news, Nick. Didn't you see that Vladimir Putin? He shot a Poland. If it didn't culminate in the 30-year Cold War, 
what makes you guys think that it's going to happen right now? World War Three, the end? You really think it's going to happen right now? These motherfuckers are pushing our buttons. Nothing's going to happen, okay? I'm not buying this guy's propaganda. Russia, the accidental launch. <laughs> Seriously, don't let this shit bug you. I genuinely believe that. If it didn't happen during the Cold War, the fucking Cuban Missile Embargo, dude, we're chilling. This next quote kind of blew my mind. It almost shows that he's intelligence. They drop the new and the world. Like, he's talking in code. Quote, what made the order work is that we all collectively agreed. I, I, I didn't vote for anything. That there were limits as to what intrastate competition could take. No one uses military force to confront an economic competitor. But most important, no one shoots at or hijacks commercial shipping, period. <laughs> so, like, who agreed on that? He's saying every single nation agreed that we're not going to step on each other's shipping routes. Who the fuck agreed on it? The same people said that said every nation can't go to Antarctica? I understand I'm off the rails here. But it's these, like, how come this guy could talk in code and I can't? The order agreed that we would all... What the fuck are you saying, bro? And when I say New World Order and cite H.G. Wells, you call me crazy? I just gotta write a book. <laughs> This is fucking nuts. But yeah, that quote is kind of true to give him some valence. You, the war is going to start when someone steps on someone else's pipeline. We're only in chapter two here. Let's wrap this one up. I just committed a causal fallacy. I got nothing to make fun of. I got to make fun of myself. <laughs> like, if it didn't happen already, why would it happen? Or it's going to happen when someone steps on the pipeline. I'm committing causal fallacies here. Because it's what I believe. <laughs> like, we're too profitable as cattle to bomb. Especially with all the data that they're collecting on us. That shit is more valuable than money. I think they even said that it's weight in gold. But how do you even measure data, you fucks? <laughs> I'm saying World War III isn't going to happen for another reason. We're just too... They're learning too much from us right now. Nick, talk about Ukraine and Poland. I seriously think it's a distraction. <laughs> I'm not an intellectual. These books written in the 1960s for intellectuals, they're saying that Russia is invading. Like, books aren't always right. <laughs> and last time, I'm not a fucking intellectual here. I'm a paranoid schizophrenic nutbag that should probably have my library card rescinded. <laughs> Authors want people to read their books who are going to regurgitate the knowledge so this is the kind of book that they would have given me an rotc point being i'm the opposite of peter zehan's target audience you know they call me a dentist because i got a truthache. <laughs> chapter three energy to give some more credit to our recommender clay also turned me on to war mode i'll check it from now again it's in that whole shane gillis verse but it's two guys that don't do an impression of him. They basically just spurg out with some of the better facts. We've got a bigger quote here. The outstanding question for all things Chinese is simple. Will it collapse completely, or will portions of China be able to hold on by its fingernails so that outside powers might treat in the same way they will treat sub-Saharan Africa? So this is pretty fucking brilliant. Peter Zeehan's going... How long is China cool with us until they start treating us like they do the Yu-Gears? Fuck, bro. 
take it to the workplace. You know, how long are you on good terms until he's going to start giving you the bad shifts, your manager? you got to just look at it, everything in terms of power because there's fucking psychopaths all around us. <laughs> like if China's about to collapse, that's when they're going to attack. And you see China, a couple of their bubbles are starting to pop. That's where he's getting to. Again, I don't think we're in danger. He started with a story of Kazakhstan here. There was an oil deposit two miles under the Caspian Sea that we wanted. Their GDP was $150 billion, so we matched that in U.S. dollars. Just doubled their worth as a country, and we're like, give us all your oil. Sucked them dry and bailed. And then we turned it into crude oil, which America could stretch to make a fucking killing on the deal. And what? That just evens out how much diesel the military uses. <laughs> like... We invade somewhere because we need oil, and then we need oil because we invaded somewhere. <laughs> What's the goal? World domination. Like, I wonder if Obama put on his fucking Nobel Peace Prize before he started drone striking Yemeni civilians. <laughs> we in the zone. Quote, on-demand electricity, directly or indirectly made possible by oil had a similar impact upon our productivity. For the first time in history, we could do anything and go anywhere, anytime. Supports the overall theory about controlling the rate of change. So he's staying consistent to his thesis. He is a good author. I just disagree with it. I, I don't care. This is the last edition of the year. This is human history. Aristocrats try to slow down the rate of progress so they can make money off of us for longer. This is the energy chapter, bro. That might be one of my main conspiratorial theses. History, it's all how long can we keep them down until they fucking figure it out, <laughs> bro. Like, again, why would he write a history book and ignore Stanley Meyer's water fuel cell car? That guy's my hero. You're writing a chapter about energy and you're not mentioning it? I don't know, man. I can't be more educated than this guy. Why is he leaving stuff out? The whole subchapter is called the order of oil. Like we started, we rely on it. So it becomes our way of thinking. And we just got to keep riding that crazy train. This quote kind of sounds like it's out of a Twilight Zone episode. So I'm going to throw on my Sterling voice. With the Cold War's end, the Americans may have wanted to take a less active role in global affairs. But a single global oil price meant that doing so would risk instability, supply shortages, and oil prices so high, it would wreck the American economy. The Americans had become economically trapped in their own outdated security policy. I don't have a Twilight Zone drop. We're in our own death trap. The Russians, he's talking about oil... Just turn on the news if you want to hear about this. I like the memes, bro. I've been on Russian Twitter lately. Those motherfuckers are ready for war. They're making memes about Europe European people shivering all winter. We're going to turn the oil off on you. Russian Twitter fucking rules, bro. We got to step it up. Elon Musk, he's still banning people. I don't really care. Quote, the Russians are no slouches when it comes to oil work, but they were out of circulation from 1940 to 2000. The techs involved came a long way in that time. Foreigners, most notably Super Major BP, and services firms such as Halliburton and Schlumberger, 
are responsible for half of contemporary Russia's output. Whoa. Zihan just made the jump for me, bro. Half of Russia's oil is owned by America. Fuck! I wish I knew that when I was trying to make my point before. Russia is not our enemy. We own half of their oil. This is just a show in the news, bro. <laughs> They're so good with the puppets. Like, I love Putin. I have a book I read about him. I'm going to have to refresh. Bro, <laughs> this is just a show. I'm telling you, World War III with Russia it ain't happening. They're just running the 1980s on us again, and this time we don't have technology. <laughs> China, Taiwan, North Korea, those are like the only real threats. And I don't even think China that much. Like, bro, we fucking defeated the Nazis together, us and the Russians. That's eternal bro bondage. <laughs> we can't go to war after that. We're tethered at the blood of the Nazis. Energy. Like, China's finding ways how to suck CO2 out of the atmosphere. Europe is trapped in this terms of thinking and gas. China's exporting to Africa. <laughs> They've been pimping out the sub-Sahara, like... What he just said we did to Russia for 40 years, we bought out their oil. That is what China is doing in Africa. And that is why my cousin is flying ospreys in Djibouti. <laughs> it's all happening. He did have some pretty sick maps in this chapter. Like if World War III were to happen, he's going Russia's going to side with China. So that becomes one giant blob. And they were showing everything from like Saudi Arabia up to the stands, Zerkistan, Kazakhstan. All of that is going to be a war zone. <sighs> Let's send them in there, baby. I haven't played Risk in a while. But it, like, if you want to be a dick in that game, you always siege one necessary resource. And that's the Middle East. Everyone's going for the oil. <laughs> you can't make a B-52 super fortress that's ran on solar power. So it makes sense. I'm saying, man, we can all have like free power, man. These guys are thinking in terms of we got to blow each other up. <laughs> and to debunk the doom here at the end, it doesn't matter. Oil, we have anti-gravity saucers at Area 51, okay? No oil necessary. I will fucking vaporize you with the Archimedes death ray, motherfucker. <laughs> Dude, you ever see? People are finding out that, like, the trebuchet catapult... Motherfuckers had these gigantic magnifying glasses and they would incinerate dudes on the battlefield. <laughs> that doesn't fall into muscle, water, and his other term of power. This is all I'm trying to say, bro. <laughs> it's anti-gravity. Dude, I saw this video. Oh my god, my head's about to explode. It was Japanese monks and they were in this valley across from a wall. And they measured out the arc of this thing and dug a giant pit. Bro, they started playing music and this stone started levitating. I'm crazy. I don't know what to tell you. <sighs> this is what it's about, bro. It's about keeping us down. I should be fucking flying my spaceship to the Andromeda Galaxy tonight. Let's go, humans. Chapter 4. Industrial Manufacturing. Yep. I'm going to have to bring it back down. Industrial manufacturing go hand in hand with manufacturing tools. Okay. Like, there's going to be wars in South Africa. I think all the rare earth materials. They say Somalia, Ethiopia, they're already being fucking fought over. It's insane what... My fucking brother-in-law, he flies from Djibouti to South Yemen. 
and they see pirates underneath. They see fighting. Brother. <laughs> Peter says, Calendar year 2021 was an odd one in the age of globalization. We had shortages of everything. Toilet tissue, cell phones, lumber, automobiles, guacamole juice boxes. The paper needed to print this book. Skipping forward. If you want to get really technical, all this is just customer-facing side. Metals, including platinum and chrome and aluminum, warped wires, a full diagnostic, rubber, synthetic fabrics, plastics, interior glass mirrors, ball bearings, literally everything. Bro, Jameson didn't have nips because they ran out of glass. Everything's on backlog. And I don't know if that's the truth because there's money to be made in treating us like worms. Like, just make everything plastic. It's the perfect excuse to pull your product off the shelf and then make it cheap. <laughs> yeah, bro. He's going more China, the Silk Road. I touched on that. Moving on. In a globalized system, supply chains are not simply about achieving economies of scale. They are about matching each part and process to an economy and workforce that handles the work most efficiently. Most efficiently. China will make it to iPhone. They have the most people. So their friggin' value of life is much lower. Like, let's get back to how to control people's clock. It's the rate of change. I don't know, another year in time is still my favorite movie. Like, why won't Zhan just come out and say who's doing this matching of the workforce he's talking about? It's government-sponsored outsourcing. I think I touched on that in Chapter 1 again, but... Like, it makes sense when a corporation does it. Jameson needs to bring it back home to Ireland for a minute. But what the fuck is a government doing this for? That was his quote from the beginning. Why are we not progressing? Like, who's that guy? Jocko Willink I fuck with? He has a boot company, and it's all made in America, and you can send the boot back to them, and they'll fix it for the rest of your life. He's got so much testosterone, they call him a warranty. <laughs> that sucked but yeah that's what we should be doing but outsourcing is okay too this was a pretty fucking big quote he's stroking his freedom boner here once the americans made the seas free and safe for all transport costs dropped so quickly that manufacturing companies didn't just relocate outside the major cities or the old river based circulatory systems so yeah if we control the sea we might be the ones calling the shots. So that's going to lead me to a bigger fuck. We're starting the war. Like, you can't just go say, America's fucking awesome. We control everything, the circulatory system of the world. All right, then we're also starting the war. We know that China is a house of cards just like us. When we're telling Japan to jack their costs up, we're not innocent. <laughs> It's like if World War III happens, just know that we 100% contributed just as much as everyone. And Peter Zeehan out here is Zeehan und Zeesterreich. <laughs> Fucking, we made the Imperial Leap again. Germany won World War II, and that's what America is, Nazi 2.0. <laughs> I don't even know if I believe what I'm saying. Like, I'm not calling Zeehan a Nazi. But he's carrying Zawasa. <laughs> I carry my patron's water. Just kidding here, but think about that. If we control every trade route, then we should probably have more say in what's going on. 
Something isn't adding up. Got a quote. It also makes the Chinese goal of domestically oriented, consumption-driven, internationally insulated economy flatly impossible to reach. He's moving into the point that China is trying to be the world's consumer. Like, I'd sooner suspect World War III than suburban moms letting their precious angel make Nikes, iPhones. Zihan is saying, no way America gives up the empire seat. We're way too comfortable. We would sooner start a genocide. He's even breaking the third wall a little bit. <laughs> He's like, yeah, bro, I work for the mil. I know the military. And we would fight to keep the number one spot. Damn, this is a very truthful point in the show. Honestly, bro, I don't even think I'd be mad. Wars happen in history. Like, <laughs> America's the fucking best. I don't want it to happen. Yeah, bro, that's not the way to think. <laughs> Quote, never let anyone tell you Chinese are good in the long game. In three and a half thousand years of Chinese history, the longest stint of one of their empires has gone without massive territorial losses is 70 years. Damn! That's the best quote of the book. He went American on their ass. You guys haven't actually had an empire for more than 70 years. He's like, <laughs> bro, that's savage. Like we read from Sun Tzu. That was the second edition of the year, Art of War. The Ming Dynasty weren't able to keep all their states in order. They had to play propaganda against the seven states. <laughs> they got some patriots over in China. Let's go! That's what I'm saying. Let's be the people of the world. That's the energy. <laughs> we know China is a paper tiger, so we're using them as another empire to grow our empire. He's ending this on why America can hold out a siege for long. He's saying, like, I don't know, sieges <laughs> don't benefit the people, but it kind of benefits the power structure. Wow. And then he moves on to end the chapter with some more fake maps. This is the corner of America getting into high-end semiconductor fabricators. Yeah, he's talking about the Sun Corridor. Like, uh, Sierra Nevada Mountains, they're full of silver. The Californians, if we do get into World War III, you gotta quit picking avocados. We're gonna need some real work from you guys. When the war breaks out, Texas, those motherfuckers are their own continent. They're pulling their own weight. Like... The war actually comes, bro. This is my bug out plan. I'm going to drive to Wyoming. It's because I'm north of Denver. But then every prepper knows after the fallout, you got to go to Mississippi. It's a basin for life, the breadbasket. If it actually happens, America get invaded. Doubt it. He says, in calendar year 2019, China suffered the greatest decline in its birth record on rate. I was saving that one. Both the quote and the soundboard. They are on the decline. China. Like, it's not hard. We know how to jack up the birth rates if we need to. You give people money. <laughs> My bigger theory would be that we've already infiltrated China. They've infiltrated us. You hear Bill Gates say it in interviews. It would be a good thing for global depopulation. <sighs> Again, this is just going to get some into some paranoia territory, but like a global economy to me 
means nobody is loyal. Tiger Woods is signing with a Saudi golf league. Pete Buttigieg is probably a Chinese spy. The less you identify with your country, the more room bad actors can come in. And like I'm saying, we need less of these totems to identify with if we want to claim more sovereignty. Nobody gives a fuck. The global economy, bro, it's a good thing. (laughs) My bet is if China's population is declining, they're probably getting hit with some heavy psyops. You have over a billion people, and you've survived on six grains of rice a day for 6,000 years. They know how to have people. Something has to be put in your head to not want to have kids. Even the motherfuckers who bring their kids into the liquor store, it's in all of us. And trust, I want to have a fucking kid, but I'm just not going to be the guy. You know what I'm saying. Like, you, we, People need more liquidity in their economies. That's why birth rates are falling. How do you not see the psyops yet? <laughs> Like, if it's a girl in China or America, the only thing that matters is resources at the end of the day. And it's no coincidence that it's a world depression and a world literal birth rate depression, suicide depression. It's pretty clear. And once you read 200 books, whatever, guys, it's always been about global control. And we'll go into war when the baton holder says it's time to go to war. And currently that's America, so... (laughs) <laughs> let's we have some responsibility guys you and me the americans love it ending this chapter we got one more quote the longer and more complex the supply chain the more likely it is to face catastrophic and irrecoverable breakdown but it's safe if america controls it chapter five fagriculture i didn't say it censors come at me quote Gas stations run out of fuel. Sure, your life is going to be thrown into a tailspin. But if there isn't enough to eat, you die. Your neighbors die. Everyone in your town dies. Like, instead of those three sentences, why didn't he just tell you three plants that you could forage for? (laughs) Dockweed, chaga, lion's mane. There, I've done my part. But I'm saying this guy is 100% scare tactics 100% of the time. But we're back to the initial problem. We're too lazy to go into the woods to get our own greens. That's what it is, bro. You Gas stations, we'll live without it. But food? <laughs> Make sure you have some of the most important knowledge under your belt. And like, and I was thinking of doing the, um, what was it, a foraging guidebook and then another like homesteading book. But we got to try to fucking ride the trends because we're dying out here, guys. So, yeah, while I might not be fucking doing the work for you, (laughs) this guy's right in the sense that we're all just sitting in our houses waiting to die anyway. (laughs) Fucking truth bomb. All right, I've said it before. I'm not going to try to repeat myself. There's plenty of wheat in America, but there's not enough food for everyone to eat healthy. Like right now, right now, there is a shortage. That's not a scare tactic. I'm saying eat healthy before the other idiots learn before you. That's this whole show. That's why some motherfuckers are dropping off. (laughs) I don't know if there's one bomb that sets it off. It's already happening, guys. Chicken is over $10 a pound. We are there. So I'm saying (laughs) maybe that's why I'm calm. 
seriously, might maybe that's why, because I I can see that we're not in a good place, and that's not saying it's irreversible. And let me just speak to this at the end of the year, the hobo epidemic. It's people being priced out of society. The Mexicans coming, oh, that fucker out there, he just doesn't want to work, man. And I have to talk to fucking Lenny every day, who's schizoed out of his mind. <laughs> fucking, it's so, it's, we gotta watch out for each other. There's four people living in a car in the alley behind the liquor store. <laughs> like, Zoomers have to fucking wake up that this is not a real thing. No, Joe Rogan, not everybody should start a podcast. <laughs> Bro. Quote, nor can everyone play. One of the most difficult to move bulk products is water. Opposite sides of individual molecules have strong and negative positive of an electrical charge. So now you know about this, but now when it comes to water cars, which make the molecules cling to everything, even each other. Dude, shut the fuck up. Have you ever heard of a river? That's what moves water for us. This is so dumb, bro. In terms of history, if you don't live on a river, you're dead. <laughs> like, whatever, bro. It's the final chapter of a doomsday book. I'm going to Wyoming. <laughs> I'm all I can eat prairie dog buffet. And just fish on the Mississippi like Tom Sawyer. I don't know, man. I'm, I was a nutrition major, so if you think my stance is not... We can't survive off of that, Nick. Quote... Long ago, in a land far away, humans domesticated their first plant, wheat. With that one achievement, everything else became possible. Pottery, meal. More of this just fed history here, bro. You get it. The less you depend on wheat, the less you depend on whatever the fuck, the more independent you can be. Wheat changed us. He said, wheat's biological characteristic shaped our species. Let's just run with him. I didn't see any science. But gluten, if you didn't know, it's 70% starch. So bread, it's barely food. I'll get into this into the Klaus book. <laughs> it's coming up next month. They're trying to take away meat from us so that they could pull this special change again. Like we'll become even bigger pussies if we stop eating meat. I cannot stop World War Three, but maybe I could stop people from eating meat. <laughs> Maybe that'll give us some tea back from Jocko Willink. Eighth callback. <laughs> Quote, and so history unfolded. The rise of empires for the next 2,500 years revolved around the securing of land that could feed expansion. And so another flaw of mine. I think in terms of individuals, this guy is thinking in terms of empires. Yeah, bro, you've got to get the best land. It's just a game of power. Like, China is smart to this hustle. They're producing soy with all their land. They're going to make their people soft, literally grow tits. Shit. Like, in terms of history, to loop back to the intro now, it went Stone Age, Bronze Age, Iron Age, Wheat Age. What the fuck are we in right now? What, co what comes after the Iron Age? We're getting soft again. We went from hardest to softest ever. Iron to wheat? <laughs> gotta work that out better <laughs> the wheat age quote german made farm equipment requires the same supply chain linkage throughout central europe as german automotive as well as global markets for sales neither is impossible moving forward 
Seriously, like at this point, it just feels like disclosure. <laughs> Bro, there's going to be a shortage. Why else do you write this book? He's talking about Germany. Fucking Angela Merkel is a World Economic Forum young global leader. Nothing to see here. <laughs> like, there's a whole lot of self-sabotage going down here. Why doesn't Germany diversify who makes their parts? Why don't they start doing it in-house? <laughs> is there no one else telling Ms. Merkel to do that? I'm going to keep zooming out as we get closer to the end. Quote, a typical 5,500-acre family corporation wheat farm in Montana can expect the annual figure to top a million dollars. None of that would be possible unless everything was financed. Disrupt that finance and the entire system collapses. Shit. Oh, this is going to get into like crop yields and how we're paying farmers. Bad signs. So I, I don't want to end this on as simple as East versus West, China, America, communism, capitalism. Like... <laughs> This is a socialist saying. Seeds started capitalism. Some of these hippies in Boulder, they're like, man, seeds are what started the age of owning things. <laughs> I don't know, bro. Our Department of Agriculture is 100% state-run, and we still have bread lines. It's all just a horseshoe. We have to purge this left-right from our collective conscious. It is fucking people's minds. Quote, Russia will use this food diplomacy to help consolidate control over Mongolia, Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan. That's what's going to lead to World War III, I think. I don't really think it's going to be stepping on a pipeline or running out of food. Once these propagandists get us dumb enough to rally behind a new dictator, that's when World War III pops off. Like, Donald Trump is just training wheels, bro. Oh, my God. I'm saying Russian Twitter, they, they're ready to bleed for Putin. <laughs> they just need to get America on that same vibe. Fuck that. Let's get the love movement started. Quote, moving beyond the big four crops of wheat, soy, corn, and rice, there is a whole world full of food products, each with its own future. He's talking about pork now. Secondary centers of pork production in Denmark and Spain will continue to exist. They are far enough away from the mess that will be Central and Eastern Europe to unduly disrupt the security issues. We're going to be <laughs> surviving off of, like, Portuguese lunch meat. Quote, United States is the only significant exporter of chicken meat and why chicken prices outside of America tend to be tripled within the year. This was written in 2022. Wow, I complained about $10 a pound chicken. It's 20 pounds overseas. This is something I also didn't know, that they eat more pork overseas. I mean, I'm retarded. <laughs> I thought everybody was eating Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> Quote, more importantly, beef. Along with the Kiwis, the major players in global beef are the United States, Australia, the Netherlands, Canada, and Ireland. Of these six, the United States is in the best position, primarily because it has vast tracts of federal land that beef producers can lease for grazing. You see how he frames it? Thanks to federal land, the U.S. will survive World War III. And according to history... It's thanks to some goat herder in the mountains who repopulates the world. Like, I don't 
no, bro. We need more cows. It's not because of federal land. It's the cows that saved us. I see why Indians praised them. You got me fucked up, bro, if you think that World War III happens and I'm going to abide to the homeowning association. Literally, if World War III happens, I'm going to have ducks in my bathtub, a pig in my kitchen, a cow in my bed. Is a cow in my bed every night. <laughs> oh! Literally, homeowning associations? We got to learn from the past, bro. World War II, the homeowning associations said you must create a victory garden. This is breaking my brain. Do you not see how we changed since World War II? You guys grow some food for everybody in your family. You see, it's World War III. The Federal Land Bureau is providing plenty of cows. Right, until you see what I talked about in Fast Food Nation, and there were 20,000 dead heads of cattle. I don't trust these fucks. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> Think about that. What we tell people then versus now. It's so much more of a reliant message. Fuck the homeowner association. If I bought the land, I'm going to fucking burn a cross on my front lawn. Let's look at this biblically. Are our actions supporting sovereignty or false prophets? This is your final fucking deduction from me. And a final quote in 2022. It is the magic mix of industrialization and urbanization that makes modernity possible. And it is precisely those intertwined factors that are under such extreme threat. The history of the next 50 years will be the story of how we deal with it or fail to deal with the coming food shortages. That is what keeps me up at night. You see, he's still doing fear tactics. He's like a Klaus Schwab, but he's pro-America. So I give him a little bit more grace today. But he's right. I don't want to be around the useless eaters when their tummies start a grumbling. <laughs> my tum tum hurts. Maybe I'll go loot my neighbor for bread. <laughs> Stay hungry, motherfuckers. There it is. Peter Zehan. The end of the world is just the beginning. I hope you guys like the cover art for the show. When I made it, I was picturing me and a rogue Patreon member after the apocalypse meeting up on some fucking glacier. <laughs> it's beautiful, right? Just the beginning. Ladies and gentlemen, truly, thank you. Next time on the show, we're going to do our 2022 Super Cut. I added some more segments. We're going to shout out all of our commenters. I have a best comment of the month section. Um... I'm like about to burst into tears, guys. Over 60 books synopsized this year. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think you could probably tell I made like a quantum leap inside my own brain this year. And uh, I know what needs to be done. I know someone who could say this better than me. I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Yeah, people at the liquor store tell me I look like Adam Driver. Anyway, let's get our last random soundboard effect of the year for my tubas. Ladies and gentlemen, hell yeah. The knickers. I will see you guys with our end of year edition in seven short days. I love you. See you all soon. Nick Muniz signing off. Peace. <laughs>